But uh, however you may be listening, whether it's on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, if you're streaming us online, 1069thefan.com, or listening to this after we air this uh, as a podcast on various different podcast platforms. So we appreciate you tuning in and joining us. A lot of different things to get through today. We've got Major League Baseball starting tomorrow. Do the Blue Jays have a home? We'll get into that. What the latest is on their development. Are they going to be the barnstorming Blue Jays and basically go all over the place? Or will they have a secondary home for the upcoming season? Because Canada basically told them, you can't play here. Go find somewhere else. Uh, We've got some developments with college football. We've got some developments with high school football. We've got some developments with the NFL. So three different levels of uh, the game and how things may be a little bit different at each level. So we'll get into that as well. And then the scrimmages for the NBA are underway. And they have started today. Those scrimmages are underway. The Jazz, you can watch their their games on AT&T Sportsnet. And um, we can get into that a little bit later on as well as when they're going to be playing. But uh, the NBA basically is back. Major League Baseball is back. Question about the uh, the the football game, whether it's uh, high school, college, or the NFL. Still some serious questions there. But uh, Ajay, the uh, <laughs> you're looking around like what's going on? In I kind of I am kind of wondering. Uh, there was apparently there like something kind of burned up in here in the early morning hours. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, some little electrical something it wasn't major. But uh, it's still kind of a smell in here, but apparently earlier today. Yeah, I was going to say, well, so it it doesn't smell like it burned. It smells like someone wet their pants and then just threw it on the floor and let it soak there for about an hour. Wow. If I can be so detailed for our wonderful (laughs) listeners. It's quite detailed. I'm (laughs) not sure I know what that smells like, but I'll have to take your word for it. Well, wet your pants, put it down there for a few hours and let it (laughs) uh, soak. See what happens. Hey, uh, let's, uh, I don't know where you want to start. You are the host today, but... uh, your tweet this morning, uh, I saw it. I, I didn't see uh, Mr. Grammers, but I saw yours. Now that New Mexico was, uh, or the governor, was pleading, pleading, Eric, to New Mexico and New Mexico State to not have football seasons in the fall or cancel football for 2020. What was Just the- postpone fall sports. Okay. So, uh, Governor Michelle Luan Grisham, seizures urging New Mexico and New Mexico State to postpone their fall sports. Um, she, I guess she wrote a letter to the to regents, to board members, administrators, and this wasn't a government order. Let's keep that clear. This isn't a mandate by the governor of New Mexico. Uh, they, the governor of New Mexico and some of the other governing body, they've already agreed and announced they're going to postpone fall sports until 2021. And now they're trying to apply some pressure at the collegiate level for them to also delay their sports. So the, um, the what's going on in New Mexico really isn't that much different from what's going on in Utah. The numbers aren't really that different. Um, although, actually, no, I take that back. They actually have, it's been a little bit more deadly. They have, I think they've had more deaths 
in New Mexico than they have in uh, in Utah. Um, a part of that is the Navajo Nation has been hit really hard. Uh, I understand some of those are in Utah, some of those are in Arizona, some of those are in uh, New Mexico, but uh, the greater portion of those in the New Mexico portion. But New Mexico, they're scheduled to open their season August 29th against Idaho State, a team just up the road from us. Uh, New Mexico State, their opener is to be September 3rd at UAB. But what happens if New Mexico decides they they yield to this this request from their governor and say for us it's we're going to delay our season. But what if the rest of the Mountain West says we're still going to play? Yeah, I I'm almost in the notion of if a state or teams within a state cannot play college football, they can't play college football, but it should it should not shut down the rest of the Mountain West Conference. If New Mexico can't play football, I feel really bad for New Mexico. I, I truly do. But don't shut down the rest of the conference, Utah and California and Colorado and wherever else. Don't shut them out from having the chance to play this year. I don't know if you I don't know if forfeits the Best word to use, but just I don't know uncontrollable things going on that limit that doesn't allow them to play football. I, I hate the word forfeit. I mean, it's the truest word to use, but I hate it because they didn't forfeit any games. They just can't play because they were told they were not allowed to be on the field. That sucks. But again, I think the Mountain West Conference shouldn't oblige to one team that they should keep playing. I don't know how you fix the schedule, though. That's the other question is how do you fix the schedule? Maybe you allow them to play one other team that maybe they played last year. They weren't scheduled to play this year, but put them on the map. I don't know how you fix it. but Yeah, uh, 9835 texting in. Uh, in California schools postponed fall sports to spring yesterday, with, uh, high school sports. Yes, we and we talked a little bit about that uh, a day ago or so. Um, in New Mexico did it. California has done it. And now Washington, Washington is also going to do it, postponing high school sports until the spring. So in California, for example, high school football teams can begin practicing on December like 19th. And they'll have like a, uh, I believe they have a four to six week ramp up before they actually start playing. Hey, so let me ask you a question about that. How is it okay, Eric, that we play college football and allow them to travel out of state but high school teams can't play in state they can't travel 45 minutes to go play another team or that when teams college teams are going from in state to out of state back and forth to play each other that doesn't make any sense to me the only difference i can think of is that at the collegiate level you've got Doctors, you've got testing facilities, you've got nutrition, you've got designated housing, you've got some more built-in isolation and treatment opportunities within your framework, within your um, your you know your whole institution and how you're you've put it all together. High school, it's not the same. Kids are coming from home; they're going into the community. They show up at the at the field, the practice facility, and when they're done, when they're done with the game, they go back to their homes. So they're going to lots of different places. 
Um, yes, I think you can do certain testing and temperature checks before every game, before every practice. Isolate an individual player if they show symptoms. But it seems to be that we're moving beyond that with high school in some of these states. They don't even, they're not even going to mess with it. You say, well, we're just going to avoid the whole thing altogether. We're not going to try to wade through it. And uh, maybe controversial, maybe it won't. Uh, but uh, we're just not even going to deal with it. We're going to postpone it all to the spring. I don't think. So are you just saying because the ability that college players are able to to stay in, I guess, or have hotel rooms or dorms or whatever they are, but yet high school athletes go home to the families? Is that kind of where you're leaning towards? But yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that um, you know, I, I think that just where college, a college system, a college infrastructure can handle the the testing, the treatment, the isolation better because they'll have the resources and they have the facilities. They can do that better than uh, what, what happens at a high school level because you're not sending those your athletes back to homes where maybe you have a, an older parent at home who may have certain conditions that make them more prone. So, I don't, just a guess. Uh, I'm looking at um, some information here, uh, comparing like New Mexico to some of our other states in our area. Um, yeah, New Mexico doesn't have as many cases as Utah, but they're taking a a more dramatic approach to try to stem this whole uh, virus. I, uh, which is good, right? Cautious is good. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're overreacting. I think they're trying to take measures to stop the spread in their state, but they seem to be taking a more stronger approach than some of their neighboring states who are proceeding. And looking at, look, can we do some testing? Can we? Um, can we do some isolation? But still keep things going? I think it's too hard. Are, are they going to... Uh, have they canceled... Are they going to do in-person instruction? Are they going to cancel school? How much does that affect you, would you say, college football? To have in-person instruction... Not have in-person instruction, but yet have college football. Does that ever just tell you, you know what, that that doesn't work? You can't do that. To have online classes, but yet have football be played. Yeah, think, I think. Do you think anybody cares? Well, I think it sends a message that that we don't really care that the the game itself is more important than the students' health. If it's not healthy to be on campus, then why is it healthy to be practicing and playing games? Hmm. Uh, Joe Castiglione uh, weighing in about college football. And we'll also hear from Heather Dinich here in just a moment. But uh, if college football 
one of the things that they're looking at is there's a real possibility that there could be an interruption in the fall like what happened in the spring. So how are you going to be able to structure your schedule to still make that work? And do we get to a point where maybe we don't look at things regionally, though we think that makes a lot more sense, to do regional games across different conferences? But maybe you just do things as a conference-by-conference situation, and maybe not every conference begins at the same time. But one thing that needs to be considered is some kind of a contingency plan in case there's some kind of an interruption that happens while the season's going on. There's no guarantee we're going to get through the season without some level of disruption. I think, if anything, the planning for flexibility has to be there. We may have teams that get more games in than others. Uh, We have to be able to figure out how that's going to determine those that play in a conference championship. Uh, Obviously, what happens if we do have a postseason. I mean, at this point, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in you know end of November, or December, if conference games are going to happen, if we're going to even have, or should we even have conference championships? Should we even have bowl games? Yeah, decisions are supposed to start coming down next week, maybe towards the end of this week, but more more than likely next week. Is it? I mean, they've already canceled the Rose Bowl yeah. parade. Is it odd That's to you? January. Is it odd to you that that commissioners and and athletic directors still say it's too early to make that decision to cancel football or to, what to do with football? That is still too early over the halfway point of July. Well, like you said. Um, this next week is really critical. Uh, the uh, the whole thought for the lead up to the decision by the end of July was that things should be starting to taper off through July, and they can make a solid decision at the end of July. Problem so, is, there has not been much of a taper. I was about off. to ask you, what is what does it look like right now? Has it tapered off? Not really. I know New York's going to allow pro sports now, so that's a good start for him. But. Okay, so I just found the site. So just doing some comparisons real quick, just to step back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, Utah has over 35,000 confirmed cases. That's a cumulative number and with 255 deaths. New Mexico, by comparison has had 17,000 confirmed cases with 588 deaths. So fewer confirmed cases, but more deaths. So they're certainly more concerned with the fatality issue uh, with this disease in their state. Can't fault them for that. Uh, Their governor has the power to delay fall sports and fall activities. The governor does not have any authority to weigh in on NCAA-sanctioned events. So the governor of New Mexico is asking New Mexico and New Mexico State to delay their games until the spring. But honestly, can a governor say that of of one school without having to make that request to that school's conference? 
New Mexico State's independent. They can, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Is anyone really even going to go to their games anyway? But can you really make that kind of a, a demand on New Mexico without asking the Mountain West to consider it as well? Because what's what's New Mexico going to do? Again, I, I don't know what you do with, with that situation. I don't know how you fill in the games without New Mexico. But By the way, the Aggies are scheduled to play New Mexico on October 24th. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I honestly think that I think that the board of, of governors and, and the president of the university, this is just a flat-out guess, but I, I think that they, they oblige with the governor. Maybe not willingly, but oblige and say, you know what, all right, fine, we won't play. But if that's the case, it's not going to... I don't know what you do if you're the Mount West Conference or how you fill the game in. Without screwing everybody else's well, schedule up, we talked about this. That you know, what does the Mountain West do? What does any conference do if a team is affected to the to a degree that they have to miss time in their games? This could be a situation where a team misses an entire season because if the whole Mountain West says no, we're going to go conference only. Maybe, which I don't know. Maybe they don't decide to do that. But if they decide to do their games in the fall but New Mexico doesn't, What I mean, does New Mexico still get a share? Do they still get their, their portion of any kind of revenue share that happens in the Mountain West? Do they sue the Mountain West for not being on their side, for helping them out, for continuing to play games while they couldn't? <laughs> Complicated. Uh, it's Heather, a mess, man. And, and again, we're, we're, it's not clear on what we're supposed to do or what's going to happen. We are no more clear than we were in June. I, I think next week is going to be very telling. Uh, in fact, we may get a little bit closer by Friday or this weekend. I was going to say, I think Friday's where it starts to come down. Next week is where you have a pretty full idea of what's going to happen, where we stand. And again, like Florida and Georgia said they're open and they're good to go. I just don't see other states agreeing with it. I don't. Uh, Power five conferences are pushing for a regular fall schedule. 12 games? They don't want to do something in the spring. Uh, here's Heather Dinich talking about how having some kind of a plan for the spring as a backup is still being discussed. Everyone that I've talked to has echoed those sentiments in that they are going to try everything possible to start in the fall, whether it's mid-September or October, whatever it might be. But the spring has to be at least a viable option in case it is their only option. Again, Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, told me it's not their first choice, it's not their second choice. But I had an interesting conversation with the SWAC commissioner earlier this week because they announced specific plans for a spring season, which was interesting because nobody else has really laid out public plans. And I asked Charles McClellan, why did you do that? Because everyone else is telling me that nobody knows what the spring will look like because of the virus. And he said, look, if the virus is still bad, we're not going to have a spring season. But I did this to give our players and athletes hope, something to look forward to. Hmm. I can't fault them for that. No. Because that... That was a big problem in the spring is there was just so much uncertainty. Nobody had a plan. There was no schedule. When we talked to Gary Anderson, he's like, when you 
When you're around motivated people, not having a plan, not having any structures is killer. Because you don't know. You don't know what you're working towards. You don't know what you're hoping for. It's just all up in the air. So kudos to the SWAC for doing that. But uh, certainly the, the power, power five conferences, those who hold the money, those who hold the most sway, outside of the um, the uh, certainly the Ivy League has decided to play in the spring. Uh, Big twelve, or excuse me, Big Ten and Pac twelve are opting for conference only, but we don't know about those other three conferences where they're going to fall, how they're going to dis- determine if, when they play and how many games they play. Yeah, I'm not completely sold on it either. And, and again, another problem is is Look, Power Five commissioners want to play in the fall. That's great, and but the you know whether it's conference only or a full schedule or whatever the situation is, Heather's right. You have to have a you have to leave the spring open as a viable option. I know that doesn't sound good. It sounds it sounds uh, quirky. It sounds like it'd be a mess. So on and so forth. Have to leave it open because I I'm going to tell you right now, playing in the fall is not looking like a really hopeful option. Man, I hope it's just not. I hope it's not true. What are you reading? I just no, just that it's oh. not in the fall. I mean, I I hope that's just not the case. But I kind of with you. That's kind of I think that's probably what's going to happen. Well, and and okay, so give me. Can we just dance around this? Give me your pros and cons about playing in the spring. So I mean, look at the pros. One, you get football. Two, it's probably going to be conference. Three. You may get bowl games in. I don't know if you do. You may. Cons are plenty. Cons are you're probably not going to have Trevor Lawrence, some of your top players in there because they're going to want to get ready for the NFL. Two, basketball is right there in the midst of it all. Three, you're waiting till the spring. I mean, that's just horrible in itself, right? Uh, I don't know. Are Are there any other cons though? Like, what else am I missing here, man? Uh, well, I think a, a con would be just the the, the just weather. Okay. Especially if you're a northern school. Um, sure, you may have an indoor practice facility, but you have to get outside. You have to practice. You still have to and hold games outside. And, and I know we can get some crazy storms in the in in December, late in the season, but it's going to be like that. All the time, all the time for the first yeah. half of your season. So I think that's a real con because then you're going to be playing on basically a concrete floor. It's going to be a frozen field. I got health and safety of the players. What if we get a, an inversion in Cache Valley? Traps the air. It's got unhealthy air to breathe. It's negative twenty, and we're supposed to have a college football game against Wyoming. Well. If the virus is gone, you're good to play. Bad air or good air, you're going to play. I guess the game is supposed to be at Wyoming. Minus but, 20. What do you, well, I mean, when, when, when do we start? I February? guess it would be a – I'm just thinking if it was a home game. Oh. A potential well, team. Like, I, well, I'm telling New you Mexico, this. Wyoming San Diego be, State. Wyoming wouldn't be any better. Going to Wyoming yeah, to play in bad going weather. Going to Laramie? It would, that would not be any elevation? better by any means. You're looking at either equal or two worse. About going to Wyoming and playing a football game, weather-wise. So there's definitely, I mean, there's pros and cons, like you said. 
there's a lot of negative, as we've talked about, a lot of concerns. But on the other hand, you get football. Yeah, you do get football. You still get a chance for these guys to, to play, to compete. And not just for football, but other sports as well. You get those, especially for the seniors, an opportunity to still play the game. Yeah, I I don't see how uh, I don't I don't see how spring football is being xed out by every Power Five commissioner. That needs to stop. Trying to force fall football isn't going to work, especially if things aren't any better. And again, I can't emphasize it enough: you do not make the decision whether you have football fall football. The coronavirus and state and local health departments and governments will make that decision for you. Yeah, they may have a little bit more say. All right, uh, coming up next year in the Full Court Press, what is the NFL doing? So we've talked about the high school level, the college level, NFL today making some announcements, how it's going to be handling the coronavirus. We'll discuss that next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Wednesday. Love to get your thoughts on the discussion as we go along. Feel free to call in 435-752-1069 or text us 435-339-0321. Weigh in on the different opinions about uh, coronavirus, how it's affecting sports in the fall. Some were just opting to not deal with it and uh, just delay things until the spring. Others trying to find a way to manage it while still having things happen. Uh, with the NFL, what they're planning on doing, they, uh, they're they working with the players to figure out testing and uh, limiting preseason games. And from the fan perspective, they will allow fans in the arena, which is very unique. Because a lot of others are not, or they're limiting the, the capacity. But the NFL says if fans are allowed, and there's a big if there, but they say if fans are allowed, they will have to wear masks. By the you way, can't you, get into the arena unless you're wearing a mask. Did you see the response from the NFL PR guy who tweeted that out and the response from fans? No. Just, oh, it was not good. I can only imagine. I can tell you right now, they are not thrilled about wearing masks, and they don't plan on wearing masks. The problem is, is that when you go to the gate, they are going to check for a mask. And if you do not have one, then you are not getting in. I don't care. They don't care how much your ticket costs. They don't care where you're sitting. They don't care what anything about that. If you don't have a mask on your face, you are not getting into the game. The question is, Eric, and someone on, on, on the tweet brought this up. So how do we drink our alcoholic beverages or our beverages? And then how do you cheer? Fair question. Maybe a very muted cheer. I was going to say, how do you cheer? Like, I'm sorry, did you just say, 
The whole Raiders. What? I'm sorry. Did you just say uh, go Browns at a Raiders game? <laughs> <laughs> so that could be intriguing. And the other thing is, because I know they're going to not allow full capacity at games. Um, and some teams actually aren't allowing, are not allowing any fans at their games. But how do you like, do you have like a security member walk around and say, oh, they're not wearing a mask? Does someone just walk around the whole entire stadium and, and babysit people who aren't wearing masks or something? How else do you figure that out? <laughs> this is going to be the what are, you know, the mask police. How are you going to do that? <laughs> now, a couple of, of arenas have already said they're not going to allow fans. Uh, the Jets and the Giants announced just on Monday. The Eagles would, announced a while back. Uh, yeah, the Eagles, well, basically Philadelphia officials said there would not be any fans allowed yeah. in their games. It was a city uh, municipal government decision, not a Philadelphia Eagles decision. Um, but then I guess they said there may be some opportunity later in this, at some point in the season, maybe some fans. Uh, the Rams announced just on Tuesday they're opening up a new arena. Uh, it'll be limited or no capacity. The Raiders opening up a new arena. Uh, Mark Davis said he's leaning toward not having fans attend games. Uh, Atlanta Falcons on Wednesday, they have plans for hosting between 10,000 to 20,000 fans at home games. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, they already said that they will require masks. Again, if fans are allowed at Heinz Field. So some of these are just really based on what your local health and government officials are are saying what what is and what isn't allowed. I uh I'm going to be intrigued by the response by fans about that how it goes. Can they keep it up? You know, with that mandate. This is it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. Nothing's going to feel right. I was watching a baseball game again last night, and just hearing fake crowd noise didn't even feel right. <laughs> I heard some. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard some people in their reviews say that it's it feels okay. It's kind of authentic, dude. Well, here's the thing. Like, so the Braves come back from like eight runs down, score eight runs, tie the game, and you hear like this mediocre cheer. <laughs> and then they hit a walk-off home run, and there is no cheer at all. The crowd noise is kind of like if there was 20,000 people just having conversations with each other. There was no cheer. It was the weirdest thing ever. I was like, this isn't right. This isn't. I don't like this. I just, it, it felt weird. But you got to watch baseball. Oh, man, it was great. It's great to watch I mean, baseball. You still got to watch a game. Yeah, it's great to watch baseball. So there's a trade-off. Do you know who uh, who's, who's hoping to play baseball? <laughs> that one team from Canada. They just want a home. Oh, my gosh. They just, they're just looking for a home, Eric. Those poor Blue Jays. So we talked about this just the other day. Uh, the Canadian government in, in the 11th hour comes to them and says, you know what? No. We've been thinking about it. We thought maybe there could be a way that you could still play games and maybe we could come up with an exemption. But I know you're supposed to start playing baseball this week, but ah, you can't play them in this, in this ballpark. you got to find a new home. <laughs> games are supposed to start tomorrow. 
So the Blue Jays were talking to Pittsburgh as a potential destination. Well, now that has fallen apart. And it's because of their Secretary of Health. Because they want to limit travelers to their region. So are you going to say that the Pittsburgh Pirates can't even play in their ballpark? If they can, if they can play there, why can't the Blue Jays? Yeah, play there? that's the other question: is why can't Toronto? What's the difference? Just is it just because they're from Canada? <laughs> I can't figure out. I cannot figure out another reason why, man. Maybe there's a lot of anti-Canadian sentiment. I would say so. So what does what does that uh, do for the option of Buffalo? Is Buffalo still on the list? Uh, Buffalo is still an option. They have made it clear that they would prefer to play in a Major League Baseball park. For infrastructure, camera uh, situation, um, clubhouse, there's a lot of reasons why they would prefer to be be in a major league baseball park rather than a minor league affiliate. But they, gosh, maybe it comes. They down may not to that. get that option. Yeah, just make lemonade with lemons. You know, yeah. just do the best that you can. Yeah, I think you just. Beggars can't be choosers right now. He's got to take what you can get. And if you can take Buffalo, you take Buffalo, and you uh, gladly do so. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this just makes me sick. They were so close to the season. Blue Jays are supposed to start Friday. Now they start on the road. Their first home game is not until next week. But still. Yeah, they're gonna. They start in Tampa Bay, right? Yes. Now there was some talk about going down to Florida, uh, where they have their spring training games. But that, 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 there's a real hot spot there for the coronavirus. Oh, jeez. So who cares? Just let them play. <laughs> Kill, bubble them up, right? Can't leave a certain distance. If they're letting basketball play, they're just let football play. No, it's asking a lot, but come on. Maybe Toronto just has to do the first couple of weeks. They, if say they were supposed to play at home against uh, who? Can't remember who their first home game was supposed to be against. Uh, who? Toronto. Yes. Who was their first home game supposed to be against? Oh, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, so instead of playing that game where it would be for Toronto, you play it at the other team's place. You just switch your colors on your jerseys, but man, that'd be so tough. I'm trying to think of any other. Could they go to Arizona? Arizona's bad right now, too. Oh, are they not in good shape? Yeah. So Baltimore is another option. They are considering uh, playing with the the Baltimore Orioles. But they're also, as we mentioned, considering their AAA affiliate in Buffalo, New York. I just feel bad. We're, it's supposed to start this weekend, and they don't have a home. Hmm. <laughs> Poor Toronto. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, movement in the NBA. There's uh, more players who were hadn't been able to get into the bubble yet are now starting to be there. First scrimmages taking place. Uh, you get the chance to see what this court now looks like. 
and what the experience will look like for TV viewers. Um, so some interesting movement that's going on there. We'll get into that uh, and continue to look at uh, some of the other things that are going on today with Major League Baseball starting up. Uh, will the um, Houston Astros, uh, will people, have they forgotten about the cheating scandal? Will that be a part of the Major League Baseball season? Will that uh, hate still be there and frustration? Will they bit get uh, get dinged when they're at the plate? You mean, have they already got dinged? <laughs> Yes, we'll discuss that. Coming up next to the Full Court Press. I'm Patrick Claibon with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFLPA informing its membership today that the NFL preseason will feature zero games. Also, training camp rosters will be limited to 80 players, which is down 10 from the normal number of 90. After 11 seasons, 69 and a half sacks, a Super Bowl championship, and spawning countless conversations, Michael Bennett is calling it a career. The former Seattle Seahawk who finished his career in New England and Dallas said on Instagram that he looks forward to supporting his family the same way that they have him these past 11 years, adding that he's never been more at peace in his life. Julie Donaldson has been named Senior Vice President of Media of Washington, D.C.'s NFL franchise. She will oversee the entire broadcast operation and become a permanent member of the game day broadcast. Donaldson will be the first female to be a regular on-air member of an NFL radio broadcast booth. That's according to NFL Research. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I don't see any intent there. Uh, there will be some some instances during the course of the year where uh, the the intent will be there, um, but it was not yesterday. I think teams are just trying to go out and get themselves ready and trying to beat the the Houston Astros at this point. Dude, he threw at him. That was Chipper Jones. He threw at him. He threw at both. What was it, Bregman and Altuve? He threw inside. The guys were sissies, and so they moved. Listen, you cheated. You cheated to win the World Series. You're going to get thrown at. Take it like a man. Take it in the ribs or the thigh. They aren't going to throw at your head. If they do, that's dirty. But take it in the ribs or in the thigh or in the butt, whatever, and take your base. I got beaned plenty of times. You didn't see me ditching out of the way. Did you get beaned because you were you had some oh, shenanigans okay, before the so game? Or? That, so they had like some USU club baseball players playing on the, this Providence team. And they threw at me so much. I got thrown at all the time by them. All the time. It was annoying, too. Like, it got really fr- – and the umpire was, like, their best buddies, Steve Pond. He freaking loved that squad. So, he wasn't going to throw anybody out. Oh, dude, I took a – I had so many welts after the 2009 season. It hurt so much. But here's the thing is – So, uh, you're just saying that the Astros should expect it to come. Yeah. And it's no, they just know it's going to happen. Unless it's at your head, wear it and go to first. You cheated in the game of baseball. You should get thrown at. But so should they the, own being Major League Baseball's bad guys? Wait, what do you mean? Oh, sorry, what are you asking? I'm sorry. Should the Houston Astros just like own it that yep we're the yeah. bad guys oh heck yeah sure you absolutely own we're it still, and you know what we're still a great team we're still going to beat you you know what when the patriots uh were caught for cheating cuz of bill belichick and the spygate in 07 you didn't see them flinch 
No, they took to the scoreboard like Ladalian Thompson talked trash next week. They put up 38 points on them and bashed the Chargers. They played the Redskins and on fourth and one with a minute 52 and up 45 points on their own side of the field. They go for it and they gain 15 yards and then punch it in on a on another passing play from Tom Brady. They went out and played the bad boys and they didn't care. They loved it. The Houston Astros should take it. You know what? You are the bad boys. So go at, go on a tear. Go on a tear. Win 115 games. Or, I mean, I guess not 115. Go win 60 games. Go win all 60. Go 60-0 and and say, so what? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, so there's been a lot of that's happened since the whole ruling and everything that came down and we understood what was going on with the Astros. Uh you think enough people have forgotten about it that enough has happened that it's not that big of a deal anymore compared no. to the grand scheme well, of okay. things? I, I think a lot of teams were willing to back up the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox for it. I think some teams have probably said, "Nah, forget it." You know, we're just we're here to play. But I think teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, and such. Um, I think they'll they'll go after him, and they should. The Nationals should. Uh, Buster only says there is still some anger out there among players directed towards the Astros. I think that, you know, between the pandemic and, and everything that's happened since then, some of that has gone away. I do expect there are going to be situations where they're playing a, an American League West rival and they're two outs and there's nobody on base and all of a sudden, boom, you know, on the butt, on the middle of the ribs, something like that that's going to raise some eyebrows because there are players who are mad. You know, I've, I've talked to a couple of guys during this break and say, you know, and asked them if they felt like this, some of this was going to dissipate. And the indication I got back was no. For some players, the anger is going to go on forever. So here's the thing. If you're the pitcher, hit him. Don't miss. <laughs> like, hit the guy. You should be committed. Don't just yeah. buzz him. Just you go remember, all out. Do you remember the 2000 Subway World Series where Piazzo hated Pop Fly? Bat broke. Roger Clemens grabbed a piece of that bat, threw it toward Mike Piazza's direction. Uh, and then the next year, Roger Clemens is up to bat. Everybody knows it's coming. Roger Clemens knows it's coming. And I think it was Al Leiter who was pitching and missed him by like three feet. And you know what? Clemens didn't even move. Clemens just stood there, knew it was coming, was willing to take it. <laughs> so he stood there and, and he misses him by three feet. And then he tries to go after him by throwing two fastballs, and Clemens hits a single. So not only did you miss him, but then you let him get on base by singling off of you. Hit the batter. Now, don't hit him in the head. You got, you got the lower back, butt, thigh, or ribs. One of those options. That's plenty of options for you. And so I think there are a lot of really petty things that exist in baseball and mm-hmm. among baseball players and how they get all riled up over certain things. Sure. Um, and why you might throw at a at a batter because he tossed his bat when he hit a home run, or you think he upstaged you somehow, and that's like such an egregious sin you have to throw at him. I think a lot of those are really petty and childish. But in this case, um, if you're gonna throw at somebody cheating in the game and stealing signs uh, in a very public matter. That's probably got to be up there in what is acceptable and what should be allowed. So, hmm. it, 
I think it's going to be diminished this year because A, no fans in the stands, and B, there's been such amazing other things, dramatic things that have happened over the last couple of months that our minds have been occupied with other things. But as the season can goes on and, and we see regular baseball, people will be reminded of it. It'll be part of the dialogue on the broadcast. We'll, we'll see highlights. We'll see the news clippings again. And uh, before long, it'll be back in people's consciousness. And you'll probably see it happening more later in the, se- in the season than in the early on in the beginning. But I, I, and I love what Buster only pointed out. And I agree with you. I love what Buster pointed out. 0-2 count, or not an 0-2 count, excuse me, two outs, no men on base, Bregman or Altuve or even Springer's up, they're getting one. Don't dodge it. I'm, I'm telling you, you already cheated in the World Series. You're going to look worse if you dodge it. Take it, get the first, and do your thing. And, they're only and, and beat, don't act and like, they're only oh, gonna, my word, why oh, yeah. are you throwing yeah, at me? Exactly. Like, don't, don't, and don't how could this be down, happening? Don't stare down the dang pitcher either. Just jog to first. And you know what? Know this. They're only going to bean you once. They're only going to bean you once because if they bean you twice, then you're getting a warning or an ejection. They might right, bean. Right, then Major League Baseball is going to step in. Yeah, exactly. So I think what they'll allow, they'll say, okay, they bean them once. It was either Altuve, Springer, or uh, or uh, Bregman. And they're going to say, okay, that's your one. You got what you wanted. That's your one. Let's play ball. The second one's not coming. No way the second one coming. 9835, if it happens this weekend when the games count, MLB will step in and be over. Could be. I mean, they've given a pretty strong warning not to do it. Yeah. They'll be watching. Just what, And that's why I think maybe Houston needs to really... understand the situation too, right? Where Houston should really embrace the fact that, yeah, we're the bad boys. We know it. You can't yeah. do anything about it. If you try to retaliate... Major League Baseball is going to come after you. This is going to make us even more hated. All right, we got to take a quick time out here in the full court press. When we come back, uh, Mountain West Conference giving out its uh, preseason first team, their watch list, who's on it. Did any Utah State player make the list? Uh, not very many from this area got on there. But the guy who did? Definitely deserved it. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franz and Ajay Salveson, the Mountain West Conference, releasing some of their details for the preseason. They're not going to have their uh, media days. At least they've been postponed. We don't know if they'll actually happen or not. But uh, yesterday they announced their predicted order of finish. And today they're announcing their uh, preseason all-conference team. Boise State, no surprise, eight players on the list. Um, got a lot of players coming back. San Diego State uh, had four on the list, Colorado State had four on the preseason all-conference team. How many Aggies on the list? Just one. Yeah. Savon Scarver for specialists on a kick returner. Uh, no surprise there for me, uh, but should there have been other Aggies that made the list? Uh, I think Shaq Bond should have. I think Troy Leffridge maybe should have. A lot of Boise State guys, though. Holy smokes. It must be like a top 10 football team or something. <laughs> Y'all. 
Uh, yeah. Hey, You're good at football there. Kind of a weird question, but who benefits from just a conference-only schedule if that's what the Mountain West Conference does? Who benefits the most from that, you feel like, maybe in the Mountain Division, say? Do you think Boise State, I mean, even though they lose a really good opponent in the non-conference schedule, such as Florida State, well, I, I think that Boise State may be hurt a little bit more. Yeah, this see, that's because what I they think lose too. those I'm opportunities to elevate their name, Absolutely. get into a premier bowl game perhaps later in the year. You know who I think benefits is Air Force. They save a ton of a yeah. ton of guys. Um, yeah. Boy, that's a big thing for them. Fewer games means they're going to be stronger later in the year, and they're always so difficult. They had a great year last year. Now there's real questions at their quarterback position, as we talked about yesterday, but uh, that could really help them. Wyoming could be another one in the Mountain Division. Yeah, Wyoming's that's gonna be a good football team. I'm telling you, like Xavier Valaday, really good running back. Yeah, He's coming back. they're gonna be a good team. Watch out for Wyoming this year. I just hope we play football. Yeah, those will be fun debates to be having if they actually if they actually play happen. Yeah. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. If we have more details, we'll give them to you tomorrow when we're back on the air at 4 o'clock. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Today is the calm before the storm for the American sports world because starting tomorrow, we should have six consecutive months of teams competing. The defending champion Nationals and the Yankees get it started. Then a week or so later, we have NBA and NHL and hopefully football. For many sports fans, this will mean a complete transformation of how we spend our time. Hopefully everyone has gotten their fill of streaming movies and binge-watching shows. If there are any home projects that you didn't get finished, I got bad news. That basement renovation is not getting done. I know a lot's going on in the world, and we're all pretty jaded at this point, but they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's only been five months. It seems much longer. I feel like a kid on Christmas morning, so let's get it going, play some ball, and hopefully everybody's smart and we don't have to worry about finding alternatives to sports again, at least anytime soon. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.